Are there parts of motherhood that did not come naturally? Do you feel overwhelmed? Are there secrets you wish you knew in advance about the motherhood journey? Could you use a place to cope with motherhood, laugh your woes away, and lighten the mommy guilt? Welcome to Toward, finding a mom-life balance. Welcome back to Torn, finding a mom-life balance. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how to create space for emotional processing. Yes, life gets busy, but we have to make space to celebrate the good times and deal with the rough times. Memes, how you doing? Pretty good. Um, I, I am enjoying the fall the activities the way everything looks the slight nip in the air which isn't too cold yet how about you you, you guys didn't get hit with the cold front <laughs> it's straight <laughs> up freezing here i'm like how am i supposed to be watering my grass that just got you know reseeded and all this stuff probably a big waste of money this fall because i haven't been out there once to water it <laughs> um but no, we had a cold front come through. And although fall is my favorite season, it got cold too fast. It did not like slowly creep to cold. It was just one day, it was 70s at soccer practice. The next day is like 40s, 30s. <laughs> I was like, this is not soccer practice weather. No, we wake with like 40s and are at 50 something most of the day. More windy this week, but yeah, still still just a slight chill. Not, not to my bones yet. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, besides that, like life is just busy, which is what caused me to think of this question because it's honestly a question in the Ramsey home that me and Steve, my husband, were trying to figure out because it seems like at every not opportune moment, (laughs) someone has an emotional moment. And we have to say, can we put that on the back burner for now so we could get to school on time? Or we're on our way to the soccer game. We're here at the soccer game so can we not have a meltdown in the car and get out because we got here on time as lovingly and without urgency in your voice (laughs) yeah I actually say that monotone because I really I struggle because I embrace the conversation about why you're having that emotion and because it's, it's the varying ages, right? It could be the 21-year-old all the way down to the five-year-old. And so, like my five-year-old said, I have very small emotions and they're fragile. And I'm like, yes, they are. I, I completely agree. And I actually think they're not small. They're big emotions, but they're <laughs> fragile. So how do we take time and make space when we have this schedule. Like it's again, a reason why I hate the clock. Like I wish we lived in a different culture that people valued people, like people's values were tied to people and not time. So it was socially acceptable 
to show up late and that soccer games ended later than expected because it started later than expected. So. No, I agree that it is also the reflection of like the real world on us because mostly where I asked for this is for myself. So that <laughs> I'm not causing other people heartache because I can't, I'm, you know, my face says everything I'm feeling. This like I try to cloak it in silence so no one has to suffer through my overwhelm, my grumpiness, my need to I process out loud. And so occasionally in a selfish way it's a processing, but I'm not really looking for someone else to solve my problem. It's like a soundboard but it's more satisfying than just the soundboard by myself or recording myself or things like that. So it's just like, yeah, yeah, your advice. Yeah. Yeah. You're such a, like, I don't want you to fix me. I just, so it's that personal acclimating to respond. And I think it works if the other person's having it and you have to respond to it, or if you're the one having it and have to interact, right. It's like, how do we move forward? But I think it's, the outer expectation and pressure that makes us feel like just being in the moment like isn't the protocol or isn't the appropriate action. So I think it's like a little bit I want to unpack what are the things that are making us feel worse aside from the actual thing the child's expressing. So where we're feeling it is that Sophie has been expressing that he's not really caring to be at after school. And the way she's expressing it is crying. And she had Sunday blues about going back to school. And it, it was disheartening because she started her school year in the new school so positively and look at what she didn't have after school because there was a waiting list. And then the arrangements for that temporary time couldn't be the permanent arrangements. So trying to hear the like, what is it? Is someone being mean? Like all the safety things, but then also how do you deal with a transition when you're six and you're not the one that's driving, you know, you're not managing your day. You're not the one doing the executive functioning of your day, but you're expressing it and what is a priority to your little six-year-old self and how you want to feel and what you want to be in control of or what you, and honestly, I think it's like what she's felt she's had control of over maybe her summer or maybe the months she didn't have uh, after school. It's still trying to process and hear it within the range of there's these parameters of like what mom and dad can and cannot do with their work schedule. And and that they would never put you in a situation you're not safe in, that we're going to look into it. We're going to assess what it is about it that maybe you don't care. Is it the length of the day? Like what all the parameters. But it's this outer pressure because if by itself, it whenever you are present and your child is just like, I don't like that. I don't want that. I'm not hungry. I'm, you know, I'm tired. I'm over there expressing. If none of the other things were making you feel rushed, or judged or like you're being inconsiderate like starting the soccer game later being inconsiderate of someone else or not being able to start because your player is missing um you could just address what it is yeah i i think there's so many things that run through my mind as i've been considering this question because 
one is I've taken full responsibility on the fact that I've allowed me and my husband have allowed our schedules to be so tight that there's no place for transition. Like it is not appropriate that the only way that we transition is physically driving to a different location. Like we stop work, we hurry up and get people in the right attire, we hop in the car and we drive. And it's in that drive that we're trying to decompress from work and switch over to parenting life. And my child is trying to express like everything that he's been holding for, well, all three of them or four of them, depending on how many of them are in the car. They've all been waiting for eight hours (laughs) Mm -hmm. to tell me every single emotion they've had throughout the day. And, and toward drive, I'm not talking about just the meltdowns, but even the exciting ones, like the wins that they had, Mm -hmm. so even the positive emotions, I find that I'm not even having space to celebrate those things because life is moving so fast. So I take onus of that though. It's like, okay, so now I got, when do I have the time to reset? And I always feel like it's this fall. I think it's ironic that it's called fall because that's literally what it feels like all throughout the season that we're slowly falling to our demise (laughs) because we've signed up for too much. Um, and every fall we sign up for too much because we get blindsided by the fact that it's like, oh, it's just this one child, this one child, this other one child. (laughs) We have many children. So it's just that one child and then it's three activities for us. And so, um, balancing that and then also, you know, I need to change my communication about it because i will say because we are pressed for time that my immediate response in the heat of the situation is can we can we pause like don't stifle it but can we pause it because i would stop the sun and the clock if i could and say everybody time out we're gonna talk through this but that's not realistic right like you can't you when you're having emotional reactions at work you can't pause the clock and tell your team i need a timeout or maybe you can i don't know what are your thoughts because that's what i feel like i need sometimes is like can we call a timeout on life (laughs) i was gonna share that i i think it's not just you pack your schedule is that the system in like the times we're in our society just functions that way if I'm not packing my schedule, there's some themed event happening at school, some they're hosting some fundraiser, there's something you want to go to. And I you feel the the pressure of wanting to participate or or kind of putting it out there and seeing if your kid wants to participate. And there goes the snowball effect of prepping for it showing up for it being present making it fit and you know the boys have some days at school and some days at home because you know because of the way their school is partial homeschooling and at school with our commute it's really hard to make anything else happen in the day yeah it's like we get out of the house we go evenings 
So Monday through Thursday, other than work events that are literally happening in the building where I work and I have to stay later, planning something after is not really feasible. It, you know, so even activities and club end up on the weekend. They're with the getting ready for the week and doing the chores and running the errands and all that because there are not enough hours outside of work to, you know, maybe spread it out or even commit you know we're recording our podcast and it's at night yeah it, you know, it's <laughs> it's like i had an emotional reaction to just the suggestion of moving soccer practice up to 5 30 i said are these people what <laughs> <laughs> like i'm happy that they couldn't hear my text because like what are you are you not living the same life like does nobody work does nobody eat does nobody drive where's like, the travel time yeah yeah i'm like so you mean to tell me now i gotta leave work at like four o'clock and feed my kids so he doesn't pass out on your soccer field well that that's you know, what's like that's uh, what causes me to spiral is when yeah. everything i'm any option i have automatically makes me be in the asking altering of the schedule for work because that's not sustainable over an entire academic year so when it feels so we do we have a flex entry but that extends my day till later and it this year happens to be that I can do morning and not have pickup but there have been times where I did drop off and pick up so how do you account right so my questions are the, my challenges are more to like our ideals, society expectations, all of that, because it bothers me to want to sustain, like we're not in a bubble and we can't set parameters that are true to what we value and how we want to show up unless we live in a society that also shows that. And it's disheartening to me that I really only, like you only know, you only know what you don't know after you figure it out right like because you never know what you don't know and it was parenting that opened my eyes to why is school only these hours what is this concept of early drop-off after school even in the pandemic the essential workers were early childhood because people needed to have daycare for their kids there's certain things that do not fit with what is actually being at, you want me to know my child, be involved in what they do for school, have communication, and yet we only spend an hour in the morning and two hours in the evening, if that, together. Yeah. So um, the, the messaging doesn't line up. So, so to me, it's like backing up a little and looking at the big picture that then ends up being the actual way I'm maybe looking at you like really right now that outfit I put on boots on so four or five times a day last weekend and I couldn't believe it I'm like if I put on another pair of socks to make these boots comfortable to fix whatever it is you're feeling and retie these shoes I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself (laughs) it should not be that 
serious. Yeah, seamless socks, people. Seamless socks. <laughs> that every time you, add, oh, that's just like you know, it's getting nippy here. We had a cold front come in, and we're having conversations about shorts versus pants. I'm like, what? Are you serious? You're going to wear pants. It is 30 degrees outside. And you're going to wear a coat. You know, so it's like, this is now this is an emotion. I refuse the process because it's just, because I'm the one that gets sick with the, you know, gets stuck with a sick kid. And so I'm like, put your coat on, child. And of course, you know. You got to pick your battles too, because of course the fifth grader shoved it in his backpack and then was shivering all the way in because it was walk-in day. And I'm like, this child. <laughs> and it was so funny because a mom on my, I was coming in, she was going out. She was like, oh, you too? We just need signs that we put on their backs and say their mother did tell them to wear a coat. It's probably in their backpack. <laughs> we're not neglectful. We're fully aware of the weather um but this idea of creating space space for emotional processing i think is so important because two things that i've walked away with torn tribes some lessons learned is one truly honor transition periods and build in a transition day where there is at least one day out of the seven that you are taking respite and spending time together. Because I realized when we get into that cadence of at least one day, all six of us are together. And I honestly like try to block out other people trying to join us. Like I make it just the core, <laughs> like the nuclear family right here that lives in this house and has to live together. Like this is our day to say all that we needed to say, play games, you know, like this past Sunday, we went to the corn maze. And that was fun because it was like, we were solving a problem, but it was not an emotional problem. Mm -hmm. It was just getting out of the maze and we, it forced us to work together, but doing fun activities like that, or like we took an evening and went to the theater to see Anastasia, amazing performance. I love Anastasia. Now everybody's singing. Um, Heart, don't fail me now. Courage, don't desert me. <laughs> so it's like, so just fun ways because that play has to deal with tons of emotion. And because our son is, our oldest son is from Ukraine and stuff, it's fun because it's a Russian story. And so it just opened doors to have those hard conversations that in the moment we couldn't have them, but something else brought back to our remembrance that, oh yeah, earlier this week you were saying you felt this way, right? Like you felt like your emotions were small and fragile. What made you say that? <laughs> you know, because we didn't get to pause right there in the moment. So I know that sometimes when we rush off and we feel like we told our kids to stifle it for a second, we can guilt ourselves and think that the opportunity is 100% lost, but it's not because if we recognize that we don't like the way we handled it, there's opportunity to change. And I would say that it's also just taking separate moments to think about what we're teaching each other about 
need to process individually so that we can give each other that space, but also what are some of the strategies because sometimes at school, sometimes it's something a friend makes them feel. And so building, building that toolbox of examples of, right, I don't always want it to be where I'm melting to a pile of <laughs> crying in a pile <laughs> after something happens. And I don't want that to be my reaction to not being in the moment with the kids. And then I'm, you know, feeling remorse over that. So trying to f unpack those tools for them um, when we can and thinking about giving them what they need, teaching them to understand what others need in that processing. And I think, like Athena said, the, the transitions help because it gives us all like a refresh so that we can go into new settings with a clear mind and present. Um, but we have to teach all of that. Yeah, and, and it builds sustainability because I think that's the key. But I was going to, as we close out this topic, I did want to list off, and I'm just curious, Mimi, how do you recognize that you're not creating space for emotional processing? Like, I'll tell you what I heard in my home. One, a lot of people started talking about I'm having an emotional moment. Like, they were actually able to name it. They're like... The reason I'm not in the car is because I'm having an emotional moment. I'm like, okay. Oh, we're, we're whiners. Soph and I will whine O to death. Um, O calls me grumps in the morning. I'm not a morning person. And I just, I have corrective action plans for almost anything in the morning. It's like, why did they report the news that way? Why is this the way they make orange juice containers? Why... Is my drain so slow? Did I really have to wash my hair this way? Like nothing is right in the world or through create like from creation to now, nothing has been right since I'm up this morning this early. <laughs> and um, you know, and so those are the moments I'm saying where I reflect and I'm like, oh, did I make sofa whiner? Um Justin is uh he moves pretty slowly early mornings or the getting at and or he's a calculated time for departure as if he lives in alone and it's like get out of the bathroom or you should have let someone go in the bathroom first um bella is not a morning person and is not very mushy so whenever it's like the oversharing or the whining, she, she's looking at us like deers in the headlights. And oh, folds around the kid. Like he is very flexible of like the 20-year-old, the nine-year-old, the six-year-old and makes it all happen as if he has no feelings. And I'm just like, I, I'm gonna need you. I'm gonna need you to either get an attitude with us or wine with us. <laughs> like at yeah. some point, I he's just you. like, I'll just be the robot right now and just make it happen. <laughs> he does. He just defaults to making it Push. happen. Yeah, the um, Torn tribe, please excuse my neighbor or their obnoxious guest revving their engine <laughs> outside. Okay. 
ridiculous but or they're just seconding my emotion that oh needs to get on somewhere on that spectrum of emotion but he doesn't and it for for the whiner here it's a little obnoxious because he's like on it's like my 10 minutes in the bathroom my this to iron this is when i put on my shit he does it all in the same order every day so predictable and we just we just throw a wrench in his whole plan most of the time so so i would say also find ways to steal yourself to the whinies in the house that's hilarious. <laughs> I will say, like, on the verbalization of emotions, all all of us are pretty good at that. But also, I will say that I notice it when we're not creating spaces, certain shutdowns, and a lot of refusals. Like, they just don't want no, 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 no. It's their immediate answer to anything you ask them to do. Um and the lack of enthusiasm because my boys are very expressive. <laughs> so when they lack enthusiasm, something's wrong. Yeah, something is wrong. They're either hiding something or something is wrong. <laughs> like, I, I think we do the like the overstimulation, like we need to stop because it's been too much. So it can come up as like needing the sleep. Um, just needing that kind of zone out regroup because it's just over overstimulating. Yeah. So Torn Tribe, I would say look for the red flags and then just self-reflect first and figure out is it that we need a rhythm of rest? Do we need a rhythm of transition? What is going on that's unsustainable, that's not letting us take care of our full being because we are you know, we have emotions. That's part of our being. It's part of our makeup and it leads yeah. to good mental health and good physical health. Yeah, and those emotions are not on a schedule. They're not on a clock. <laughs> Unfortunately, no, they're not. They're unpredictable, like this cold front. <laughs> it just came through Charlotte. And now for our men's segment, where we share a highlight from the week. So memes, on to our amazing segment, The Mend, the part that helps us keep it all together. What is mending you these days? I had an elevator therapy session with like our therapist that's on the school grounds and... (laughs) She doesn't even have a schedule for me, but whenever she sees me in pat, we will wait for the elevator and have like our brief little session. And I love that she always knows there'll be something you can share that you need to get wrap your head around. And she's always willing to help if it's in 30 seconds, if it's in two minutes. And the advice was to say no, even if it's not permanently no not to derail what's on the agenda and she's so good at it because i'm telling you she makes she has these conversations but you are not stopping her from making it to the thing she's headed to um and if it does become a more extended conversation because she has the time she will also like arrange for time but it was like you could say no and it'll happen in two days (laughs) and then the epiphany was and perhaps that person fixed that problem by the time it gets to the time that you said you could address it. 
and Glorious. I'm blown away <laughs> because it's so true. Like, I am not patting myself on the back that I'm the only person that can resolve that thing, but I do make the assumption that if someone asks something of me, it's because I'm either the one that should or could or is the resource for that, and I'll be damned. That is not actually always true. So if I could reassess and say, okay, if it is me, let's deal with it at this pocket of time so we can do it efficiently and I can still show up as the professional I want to show up as today and for the rest of my day as I planned it, you know, barring emergencies and things that are more urgent, um, placing it there could also leave the person, if it is urgent, if they do have other resources to perhaps seek those out and see if that's more time efficient or, you know, or there are alternatives. Um, but that definitely mended me because I am the person who says yes. Um, and sometimes I need to set a boundary so that I can sustain it. That's good. Yeah. I like that. The divine delay <laughs> and the, and the no, not now, you know, Mm-hmm. Just no, not now. It doesn't mean never. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, I would say day. what's mending me is I've been playing the letter to the Galatians um, written by Paul the Apostle over and over and over again. And the message that's mending me is the simplicity of the gospel and I've been meditating on opposites and how opposites is truly just a comparison, right? Like tall, the opposite is short, but only tall can be tall if there is something short, right? Like you can't. And if you are tall, you can't be tall short. Like there is no such thing. So it's also the absence of in that one object. And so I've been thinking about that and how oftentimes in the judeo-christian faith we could get it mixed up and think that our flesh our human desire and nature is the opposite of the spirit um, of god and that is not true because we are flesh like you, even once you get saved you still have a physical body <laughs> your flesh but you also have a spirit and so although they war against each other, they're not opposites to each other. So if you're trying to fix something in your flesh, right? Like if I'm trying to be, um, to stop being sexually impure and I'm striving for purity, that's still out of my flesh because purity is not a fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is self-control. So in fact, my problem is self-control. It's not the fleshly action that you're seeing. So it's been, it's been mending me because it's getting me more in line with the freedom that Jesus gospel is really intended to give us instead of being religious and following a whole set of right and wrong rules, right? There's freedom in truly just sitting and meditating on love and the actual fruits of the spirit, which are like love, 
self-control, long-suffering, patience, gentleness, kindness, you know, so it's been freeing to say the least. <laughs> so a lot of, a lot of mental thought processes and just listening because I'm listening to it on audio and just letting it play over and over and like Sam today. He's like, wait a minute, this is the third time you've heard this letter this week. I'm like, oh good, you're recognizing it too. So I was about to say, like, are you guys gonna realize that I keep playing the same thing every time we get into the car? Um, but yeah, so it's it's just been good because I've been feeling less pressure to do and more to just be. That's awesome. So Torin Tribe, we would love to hear what's mending you. We would also love to hear some questions that you would love for us to like answer or give our perspective on. And if you have awesome tips of how to create space for emotional processing, please drop us a line and stay connected. Don't miss a beat. Me and tell our folks how to stay with us. So we are at Torn MLB on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and we would love to get an email from you. So please write us to tornmlb at gmail.com. Thanks for joining. Choose grace. When you feel torn, choose, choose grace. grace.